Friday Night Lights, round 17. The Cats played Richmond at Metricon. We knew this stage before the game where the Cats didn't have to win this game to reach top four in home and away season, either beat Richmond or beat Sydney. Having said that, it's Richmond. Over 100,000 supporters, we'd love to smash them. (laughs) It wasn't our night to beat. Four goals, seven, 31, being the Cats, were beaten by seven goals, 15, 57 to Richmond. A 26-point defeat to the hands of Richmond. Puts Geelong a little bit back to earth here uh, and a little bit of a taste of what they have upcoming in finals. Hopefully that be top four, not below that. We'll talk about Sydney a little later. The match itself, Richmond led pretty much all throughout it, albeit no Richmond player amassed 20 disposals or even more than that. A very combined classic 22-man Richmond performance that we've seen, we've talked about the last three years, really. Guthrie racked up 23 disposals. Blitzars was there with 18. A lot of the contested ball, some pressure acts. Tom Stewart with 25. So whilst Cats players had some of the ball there, Richmond shared it around a lot, and it was more the team effort. As far as stats go, disposals went in the Cats' favours. Kicks went in the Cats' favour. Inside 50s, pretty much the same. 42 for Richmond, 40 for Geelong. Disposal efficiency. 72% 72% to the Geelong, 71% for the Tigers. Here's the kicker. Efficiency inside 50. 30% to Geelong, 50% to Richmond. That's horrendous. Without Reece Stanley, hit outs nearly broke even. 20 to the Cats, 23 to Richmond. Geelong doubled the clearance count of Richmond, 32 to 16. Key centre clearances were 10 to 2 in Geelong's favour. Dominated the stoppage clearances. We beat Richmond at contested possessions, uncontested possessions. Contested marks went in Geelong's favour with Sav having a massive night, amassing 15 disposals, two goals, and I think 11 contested possessions, along with some key pressure acts to that. Turnovers, unfortunately, 67 to the Cats versus 55 to Richmond. And the key area there is efficiency inside 50. We held possession for most of this game. Didn't contain many marks inside 50 at all. I think the story of the night was Dylan Grimes, Nick Vloston, Soldo, down in defence, marking on Hawkins, marking on debutante Ben Jarvis, who came in as a late in for a late out in Gary Rowan. Tui and Sav both came in for Nini Guthrie and Josh Jenkins. It was the lineup that we thought we could face them with and win, ideally, after a few of their shenanigans off the field. Individual good performances from Cam Guthrie, Tom Stewart, Sav. But aside from that, is it as simple as pressure and perceived pressure? made us lose this game. Is it the same story that we've been talking about when it comes to playing teams like Western Bulldogs and Richmond, whether it be in finals or premiership home and away? Is it as simplistic as that? Zach and I'll here with me. Zach. Look, it just wasn't our night. And I think um, in all home and away seasons, you'll just have a game or two where 
I mean, it was obvious watching the the telecast. You could tell in the first couple of minutes they they just weren't on. They were missing kicks that they'd normally get. They were dropping marks, and you know, you can just tell. You thought, oh, it's going to be a, a tough night if we're going to win. We're just going to scrape scrape over. But just not, nothing really worked. I I thought Ben Jarvis was actually pretty good. I thought he led to the right spaces and. Um, and showed enough, but yeah, on the whole, it just wasn't their night, so they just need to dust themselves off quick, get over Sydney, and then hopefully come in the finals with a bit of confidence, I think. Oh, yep, I, I would agree there, but um, <clears throat> I think that also make you know the necessary or some necessary changes to the lineup come finals. Um, so I don't think you'd expect to see any selection surprises or anything. Uh, granted, every player is fit or the majority of the list is fit. We'll see the likes of uh, Gary Rome back in the in the lineup. So uh, whilst whilst I yeah definitely agree that uh, Jarvis gave his best and it was a good showing for a first gamer. Um, you know, flew flew for some marks and. And uh, worked hard, and his chasing wasn't too bad. Um, I definitely think that uh, obviously we did miss someone like Gary Rowan um, in that game. So for him to come back sooner rather than later is pretty important for us for the uh, pointy end of the year. I guess there's also discussion of the possibility of someone like Jenkins, uh, perhaps. Uh, Playing, you know, I guess there could be discussion as to whether he ought to have. Others, there's yeah, the likelihood or the, the possibility of a uh, Gordon Clark playing when he wasn't uh, selected. You know, is that is that another um, possible change they could have made that they didn't? You know, these are all questions after the fact in the end. Um, and as you said, it just wasn't our night. And things didn't work out the way we would have hoped. They weren't quite as clean as they needed to be. Or it's not that they weren't quite as clean. They just weren't as clean at all. Um, you know, made some genuinely layering errors that you would hope they don't make in uh, later games in the year. Surely, surely it shows that Gary Rowan's nearly the the X factor, isn't it? I mean, you'd say they'd be a two, or we'd be a two to three, maybe even four goal on his night better side with him in it. Not saying he would have changed the game completely and we would have won, but certainly would have been a far better chance with him playing. Yeah, the def- the defensive pressure, not even necessarily his his attacking output, but his defensive pressure would be much higher. It wouldn't have. Um, Grimes feeling so comfortable to leave his man and uh, provide that second defender or the man over the top against Hawkins. But I mean, sure. Would then then isolate Hawkins and Mm. would um, mean that, you know, Rowan has more of a potential impact on the game. Uh, But him not being there was certainly pivotal for for the outcome. Yeah. I think he, I interpret what you're saying, Zach, is from a, a, a two point. One being a, there's a marking target there inside 50 at six yeah. foot three. And also 
there's 40 inside 50s to Geelong and 42 to Richmond. So fairly similar. And when we broke even with in the ruck, pretty much 20 to 23, we've absolutely blitzed them in the contested possessions, um, center clearances, 32 to 16, and, and especially center clearances, 10 to 2. Then it comes down to me that the disposal into the inside fish inside 50 yeah. was Dylan Shield-like yeah. butchering. And second of that, when it did come to ground or when it did float around, the crummers weren't quite up to it. Yep. So even if Gary Rowan doesn't take a mark, you know what he's going to produce on the ground. You know he's going to leap out the ball. You know he's going to give you a, yeah, as much of his pre-workout <laughs> as he takes pre-game. <laughs> but, what yeah. of energy, let's just say. Again, this is a one against Richmond where we've had to adjust our system for most of the year. We haven't played blitz halves on the wing. I know it. Stanley is currently out, and he's really our key for finals. When you've got West Coast with Nick Nat, when you've got Richmond with a lot of tools there, it, we have to keep blitz back against those teams with Josh Kennedy with Lynch, with Ray Wild. So if we, if we assuming we, we beat Sydney, we reach top four, then Blitz has to play back. Um, it, looks like, it looks like we'd probably get Port in the first week and they'd be having nice set in the ruck is also pretty good as well. Um, I'm really happy with actually playing Port. Yeah. The finals because we smoked them at home yeah. or far away in the, in the premiership season. Um, and that was at Adelaide with the fans. Yep. So there's yep. no reason to say, well, this is finals, step it up now. Uh, yep. Around the contested ball, except for maybe the, the, the grit and grunt of Ollie Wines and Sam Powell Pepper, um, Rocky, etc. Their defence has some serious holes in it, apart from their full back. Fair play to him. Um, and up forward... Apart from Dixon, we have the amount of tools. We have Blitz, we have Henry, we have Henderson. Uh, so we've got the players to play on them. And we've got also the, the medium-sized defenders to do the job on on their little um, yeah, small runners up forward, if you like. So I'm, I'm not actually too worried about Port Adelaide. That's the ideal candidate for me. Yeah. Match up well against them, for sure. Yeah, so you'd rather you'd rather get Port Adelaide than Brisbane. I think when mm. Brisbane are up and going at the Gabba, they can be a bit more dangerous. I think from what Port Adelaide are anyway. Yeah. personally, and I, I'd love for Brisbane and Richmond, who are both high pressure outfits, to just go at the contested ball at all costs, tap it forward, high pressure running, to yeah, buy themselves out back and look at the fatigue. And yeah, exactly as you yeah. said. I'll tie themselves out um it, although we don't uh wish it upon any player if there is an injury to another team a key injury then you're going to use that to your advantage uh we saw soldo went off at this game which you can use that as the cause and effect of probably our fourth quarter if you like if you want to use that argument of our fourth quarter tried to get really back in the game um, for me, it was more about making it a reputable margin 
you can talk about the the Hawkins miss from yeah again for me that was just Tom wanting to not use his 30 seconds knowing that there was only five and a half minutes on the clock and the urgency within that um, at the same time I think I think still Richmond were playing with the same energy we were just using the ball better for the first and only quarter in that game my question for you is we've played them at the MCG we've played them in Melbourne we've yeah, close to 100,000 fans there and the, the the loud tiger noises. And we talked about this over the years. Previous times, we've talked about the the same realm, not in a high-pressure, perceived pressure, uh, chaos football, as it was called, chaos versus control. But we've talked about this about Collingwood in years and years and years gone by. This was a game at Metricon with not too many supporters there. So 30 percent disposal going inside forward 50 when you have 40 cracks at going inside 50 is that purely pressure and perceived pressure or is that comes down to skill and lack of efficiency on the night well i i tend to think we uh it's a combination of both i mean richmond do bring a you know, a, a very effective um, game plan. Clearly, they're, they're the reigning premiers and have, you know, won two of the, the last three years. But, uh, you know, it's, it's also obviously down to our lack of composure kicking in inside 50. I've harped on this for, for many a week, possibly multiple seasons now. You've got to lower the eyes when you go inside 50. You've got to lower the eyes when you go inside. You can't just vomit and hope that Hawkins takes a Pac-Man. Or you can't just kick it long and, and think, oh, yeah, if, if Hawkins can bring it to ground, the, the crumbers will be there. You've got to lower the eyes and try and spot up targets. Or, you know, Take the daring option and go for a shot from outside 50 on the run. Same in a goal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but you can't, like, it's no good. E- either, either kick the distance and kick it, you know, 55, 60 metres, kick the goal, or spot up a lead from 30 metres out. Don't kick it to the goal line expecting, or, you know, the goal square expecting a mark if it's a packed situation because you know. Grimes is going to come over the top and you know that Boston's there and you know that in the past Rance has been there and they've had other options. Um, Liam Baker, Soldo, there now. Yeah, they got, they got, numerous, yeah. They got numerous options and they play team defence. Plus, uh, from a midfield perspective or from a, from a general game plan perspective, as you said, it's control versus chaos. Richmond like to keep the ball moving constantly. Geelong like to slow it down and then move quickly once they get to about the halfway point of the field, because they typically back their uh, you know their kicking efficiency as backmen to take it to that mid midway point of the the ground and then they'll kind of uh, drop the hammer or, or put the foot down as it were. But Richmond play with the foot down all the time 
and they keep the ball moving constantly. So they like players to be constantly playing on, which Geelong did once or twice when they really didn't need to um, during the game. And that played into Richmond hands. Zach, what are your grievances after this match? Talking structurally here, looking at Blitzarves on the wing, obviously no Darcy Fort or Stanley, so no out-and-out classic Cats Ruckman to insert there. Um, Sav came in, Jenkins didn't play, Mini Guthrie didn't play, uh, Zach Tui came back in, having a season where he's been played in more in the forward flank, but not really producing goals or goal assists. A strange one for Zach. Congratulations to Reggie on his 200th, but I'm not sure what Zach Tui's position, best position is going forward, noting his age as well. But structurally, those things we've just identified and talked about there, and I guess the game plan and how it was executed. What are your big grievances? Look, I think it's it's getting to the point of the year now where I think you've got to play people in their best position. I know I'm a big believer in the structure up sort of, I guess, against who you're playing, but I think it's it's getting to the time now where Tui has been an effective half-forward flanker, but at the minute his, his best position is in defence. So I think he's got to play there. It's any sort of experimenting or tinkering, I think that's got to stop. You've got one more game left, then you've got the week off, and then finals are starting so I think you the coaches would know where people are best suited so I think they've got to play there when you play Richmond you can't be too predictable I remember in oh, was it, um, 2018 that game down in Geelong when Harry Taylor basically won won us the game himself he played forward and just absolutely smoked Alex Rance and then they went into that final the same year and basically went for the same structure and it was just it was a it was a complete failure because they knew what they were going to get and we know how Richmond play as I said, team defence, they, you know, all the talk's been about Hawkins Island and sort of stuff like that. So it surprised me that they didn't try and do something different. I mean, you know that Richmond are going to be prepared for that. That's what they're going to do. You do need to lower the rise a little bit, but we probably, oh, no, well, we, we probably need to find and get games into some young guys so they can get that bit of composure. I mean, Duncan knows, you know, he... He'll lower the eyes when he goes inside. Selwood will when he plays. Dangerfield will when he plays. So it's probably something that some of our younger mids and people that float around there probably need to need to do. You know, we do have some younger players like Sam Simpson when he's playing. You know, people like that who are sort of up and coming. You know, when they get games into them, that's they're the sort of things they learn. So mm. we did need to lower the eyes a little bit, but like I said, it wasn't our night. The kicks that. You know, probably should stick. They just didn't stick. So, yeah, I could see a few things they were trying to do. I, I think Sav needs to play. I think he's our preferred centre-half forward over Jenkins. I think I really like what he brings. He brings a contest. He's got a good leap. He'll make a defender accountable, which is ultimately what he needs to do. Love Jarvis. I reckon he'll be a good player down the track, but now's not the time. I think you play your best possible team, best position. You need that continuity going into the finals. I think if yeah. this was a win, this would have been lauded as one of Sav's best games in the hoops. It's got two goals, 15 disposals, 11 pressure acts, and 11 contested possessions, and five contested marks. So what, what more can you ask for, ask for as a, a half-forward ruck rotator there? That's 
that's yeah, that's it's all we can ask for of Mop, bringing the ball to ground if not clinging onto it. Uh, Stewart was immense back in defence and the rebound 50s. Blitzars, whilst playing on the wing, whatever role you throw at him, it seems that he'll stand up to it. Uh, although, yeah, look, it, it isn't his ideal position. I think we'd all like him down back. Cam Guthrie was a big positive for me, just his contested ball work there, chipping in with six tackles as well, 23 disposals with the 13 pressure acts. But you look at, I think this is the top seven players here for pressure acts. You've got Jack Ross followed on 19, Tom Atkins with 18, Mitch Duncan with 15. And then you've got Jack Graham, Camden McIntosh, Daniel Rioli, Shire Bolton. So a lot of Richmond names in there. And yeah, it, it seems like it's been the, the theme and the story when we play Richmond for the last three years, pressure and perceived pressure, uh, chaos football versus control. What are the answers come finals if we do play them? Is it as simple as, well, look, uh, Joel didn't, Selwood didn't play in this game. Gaz didn't play in this game. Stanley didn't play in this game. Rowan didn't play in this game. They're four key-ins there. Is it as simple as that? Or is there something more that we need to look at with how they play and how we can counteract that? Basha Hooley was pretty nullified in terms of rebounding from their defence. He didn't have a great night. So I, I think in elements, we actually did do well. There were just, yeah, I think we just absolutely, from the midfield perspective, were horrendous going forward when we had the ball, given that we had more possession of the ball over the whole game than Richmond, a lot more possession. I think, I think it's probably our attack that we need to have a look at what we're doing a bit differently. Our mids did have an off night, but I reckon overall they structure up pretty well against Richmond. Having those blokes back in, Selwood, Ablett, Stanley as well, Gary Rowan, I mean, they'll, they'll add something. Richmond had a few out also, but I, I still think we do structure up well. I think the role Hawkins plays, we've got to look at that. I mean, clearly they'll be expecting a similar thing again. So I think they need to get a, a plan B or some other some other alternative. We can't go in doing the same thing or the result will be the same. Sav needs to keep doing what he was doing. I went back and actually watched part of the game, which was horrible. But the big difference between, say, someone like Sav and maybe a Jenkins from the week before or Jarvis, and not trying to put Jarvis down, he's only played one game. If you go back and look at the tape, you'll see when, when Sav's going for a marking contest or the ball's coming down, Grimes or whoever's on him is either right beside him right behind him and that he's making them accountable. Now, when it was Jarvis down there, Grimes was a good couple of metres away from him, basically didn't really pay him much respect and sort of thought, well, I can get away from him here. I can go down and do everything else I need to do. So that little bit of vision that I saw, that epitomises why I think Sab's going to play. Even if he doesn't kick a goal, hopefully he does. If he can keep his defender accountable, maybe do a couple of other things, I think that's enough to warrant him playing yeah, yeah, I'm I'm completely with you there. Oh, yep. Um, in terms of what you were saying, uh, Zach, that could be a possibly different, uh, you know, like a rolling of the dice or a, or a or a different method uh, that they use or something different that they do. Um, playing perhaps playing Gary, uh, Ablett in finals if they get if you get back. Uh, I'm not sure about the quarantine situation. 
But um, if and when he's ready to play, perhaps you play him deep forward for a few minutes at least because right. no defender no defender in the competition is going to want to be one out with Gary Ablett. Yeah, no, you know I like to flip the magnets and try a couple of things out. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe even going for a smaller... Well, I mean, clearly Hawkins plays down there, whether they maybe omitted Sav or just said, well, maybe he's going to be in the ruck or maybe even centre-half back, who knows. But, yeah, I reckon Ablett down there, get clearly Gary Rowan down there, is going to be good. Dangerfield might come in and rest. So maybe that smaller forward line could work. I mean, if you look at someone maybe like Gary Ablett, Similar sort of size to Dylan Grimes. In fact, probably gives away a bit of height, but we'll clearly have him out in strength and just footy smart. Grimes just dives all over the place and does that sort of thing. But, you know, we've got him matched in footy IQ. So, Ablett, Dangerfield. I mean, even Selwood can float forward at times. So, maybe that's something they look at. Who knows? But you've got to go to something different. Like I said, if you do the same that we did that, the result will be the same. Yeah. Yeah, they have to, they have to make some subtle uh, subtle tweaks. And I think bringing in the experience of the players that are out will um, result in those subtle tweaks. Yet, I'm reminded of 2011, um, late in the home and away season, DeLong belting Collingwood and Collingwood using a similar excuse of saying they had half their team out and... They weren't trying and Geelong beat them by 100 points or so. And then a few weeks later, they're thinking, oh, we've got our team back now. We're a better chance. And Geelong still beat them by six goals in the grand final. So, I mean, look, a, look, a loss to a good team towards the end of the season. I mean, you, 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 can make it, you can make a loss work for you or against you. It depends on how you, know, on how you phrase it and how you jazz it up internally. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh, who was it? Was Kevin Sheedy, that's right, when Essendon lost that preliminary final in, I think, 99, it was the unlosable one. Said yeah. in an interview I watched a while ago and said, you know, we, you know, he phrased it a certain way where he was, that, that, that was just able to motivate them for the following year where they won and only lost, you know, one game. So, yeah. I mean, the one good thing that they can say, well, at least we've lost to a team that, according to the, the bookies right now, is the favourite. So it's not as if you're losing to North or someone crap like that. Yeah. You're losing to a good team. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we didn't, we didn't play, or we, yeah, we weren't smashed by a, a poor team. We weren't necessarily smashed by Richmond, but we weren't, it wasn't totally embarrassing. And, I mean, look, one, one final thing. I mean, if we could play Richmond at either a neutral venue or even our preferred venue, that would be nice. I mean, I don't know if everyone noticed that. It was technically our home game, quote-unquote, that our preferred ground in Queensland has been the Gabba. We've won all our games at the Gabba. Like, that is our home ground per se, which is very good if we do progress to the grand final. Whereas Metricon, once again, is Richmond's preferred base. So I don't quite get how that works, but, you know... <laughs> Richmond apparently are immune to stuff like that, but that'd certainly help. Yes, I think it's another. It, maybe just been hoping that a few of the a few of the players go down the Vegas trail. Oh, I mean, look, yeah, you got Sin City, you know, Hollywood Girls, those sort of places. They're good establishments. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but yeah, <laughs> go down there and have a look. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah, some Sydney players will be venturing down there um, maybe before the upcoming 
final home and away game, a must-win game for the Cats to get into the top four. Now we know the stage is set that West Coast are up against a bunch of spuds. Um, they call themselves a football team. They're called North Melbourne. Um, so West Coast, that's four points in the bag there. We need to win against Sydney. Easy win on paper after you said previously, Zach, did you not see an easy win demolition coming against Essendon? But at the same time, we've played Adelaide and then a, a real tough game. And then following that, Adelaide pulls some wins out of the bag. Who would have thought? So final game, Sydney. Now, they play Brisbane, Premiership contender. Last game, JPK turned it on, 26 disposals, 23 pe- pressure acts. Luke Parker, another solid boy for Sydney there, 33 disposals, two goals, 17 pressure acts. Jake Lloyd's a fantastic player out from defence, 26 disposals. Cal Mills will do some of the ruck work there. He played all right. Aside from that, we know Papley's year in front of goal has been pretty good until recently. Then you're looking at Ollie Florent and a really young crew. Sam Reid was injured in this game along with Melican. You're looking at Nick Blakey, Clark, McInerney, Wicks, uh, even Thurlow, old Geelong Cats player there. So confidence going to this game. Oh, look, we'll we'll win this game. I mean, I, I don't mind what Sydney have done. They've they've got a young group coming through, but that's the point. They're young. Look, we'll we'll get Ablett back. Ablett's going to play this week. Selwood will definitely it. play. Selwood's going to play this week. I think Stanley would play this week as well. This will just be a, a get the job done game. It's not going to be an absolute demolition like Essendon, but I reckon maybe twenty to forty points. I think Sydney have still got a lot to prove. You know, they're trying to get. Joe Danaher up there next year, so they're trying to recruit a few. So they've got to show that they're they're a half decent side as well, and they've still got some good players in there. But I think there's too much on the line for us. West Coast play North Melbourne, Richmond play Adelaide. I can't remember who Brisbane play, but all, all the finals, all of the top five teams really have winnable games. And for us, as we've already said, Port Adelaide away which a win would get us is ideal so whereas if we lost and went back to fifth it'd be a lot harder so i think everyone knows what's on the line so i think there's just too much at stake to lose the game yeah i also expect the the relatively comfortable ideally very comfortable uh, victory against the swans this coming round I'm just hoping for a game that's basically incident-free and we get the points. That's all I care for. You know, we don't. Yeah. I don't want any, you know, late-season fiascos or any uh, frustration boiling over or any Sydney players riling us up to try and, you know, get us to uh, do something that we ought not to with with uh, finals on the horizon. You know. Because they got, they don't have finals to play for, so they might think, "Oh, let's see if we can annoy Hawkins and get him to do something silly." He's been known to do late in the year, in uh, or in in previous final series. So, hoping that uh, hoping that we get the points in by probably three, four goals. Obviously, the larger the margin, the better. 
Yeah, exactly. But at, at this time, I think top four, we know from 2019 that it doesn't matter, manage that much whether we finished first or we finished fourth. Finished fourth, love to play Port Adelaide. So bring it on. Just quick, I think we're, we're running out. This is a Zoom recording, so we're running out of time here, just looking at it. Killer cat for the week. Big frustration that has been brewing. Zach, I want to hear oh, it. Go, go, I'll go. All right. Now, my killer cat for the week would probably be the anti-Scots brigade. Uh, because we know that, I think the argument could be made that the methodical game plan does actually work against Richmond, but you have to be perfect. You cannot make the errors that we made. If you are perfect, however, it can work, and it does work. Evidence to support that would be the first half of last year's prelim final. And, and further evidence would be other games that we've played and we've been able to be methodical and, and pick teams apart. But you can't, you have to be efficient. You cannot make the errors that we made. You have to be very highly efficient in your picking efficiency and your delivery inside 50, which were two things that we were not doing. Spot on. Zach? Oh, look, my killer cat goes to one of our good friends here at Caninia Cloud, Bruce McEvaney. It's a, couldn't, Bruce, Bruce, you've just... It's really time to give it away. I mean, I think we all know that. But when I heard the, the absolute crap that came out of his mouth and the coverage on the weekend, I couldn't believe it. When he said that if Richmond win the flag this year, that we can start talking about them in comparison to Brisbane, the Hawthorne, I guess Geelong being the great dynasties. And I mean, he said they're identical to Bruce. The Geelong, Brisbane and Hawthorne, they all have one thing in common. They've all won three three premierships and four grand final attempts. So basically won three and lost one. If Richmond win this year, they will have won three from three and have one of the great chokes of all time in 2018 when they probably should have beaten Collingwood and at least progressed. But look, this is what makes me think he needs to give it away. They've got a couple of stars sprinkled at the top of their players all below. I mean, don't, don't even start. I mean, to compare their bottom players to what Geelong had, definitely Brisbane, even Hawthorne. Richmond are not even close. They're lucky to even be in the conversation. Bruce, have a good grand final and just give it away, mate. You're embarrassing yourself now. <laughs> I can okay. care, Zach. I can care. We didn't talk about a killer cat before we started recording. After watching the Kathy Freeman documentary um, and seeing Bruce McAvaney's commentary there uh, on the athletic field uh, where horses are running, yep. That's where you belong, not in AFL land. So, Bruce, 2020 has been tough on us all, but, yeah. Especially cold. We'll say bye. We'll say bye. On that note, go Cats. Go Cats.